0: So let's chat about the comfort debt brings us. And if you're like, wait, what? (laughs) My debt is stressful. Well, the actual impact of our debt is stressful. The payments are stressful. All of your hard earned money being owed to someone else the second it hits your account is stressful. But there has to be something alluring and comfortable about debt for so many of us to be trapped by it, right? Like, we like to get into debt. We like to spend freely. We like to get what we want when we want it. We like to get that caramel frappuccino from Starbucks and then that fun drink at dinner during date night. We love, you know, the cute purse and the extra feel-good items at Target's dollar spot or whatever. So, So don't fool yourself into thinking you hate everything about being in debt because you don't, and I didn't, okay? And comparing this to eating is probably the best analogy I could make. Like no one wants to be overweight or unhealthy. No one wants to feel exhausted all the time and too weak to open a freaking pickle jar. We hate that. We hate that feeling, but we love the chips and queso. (laughs) We love the donuts and the fried foods. Like there is a reason they are called comfort foods. We reach to those when we need a pick-me-up or just had a stressful day in general, right? You have also, I'm sure, heard of emotional eating. Emotional eating is kind of when you, you know, eat to feel better or to relieve stress. And we don't love to have bad health effects of those choices, but we love having the freedom to make those choices. And we love how we feel in the moment when we get to make that choice. And it's the same thing with spending, y'all. Each time we buy for that instant gratification, there is a shot of dopamine, which helps us feel better temporarily. Like that's, that's normal. And we feel like it is a stress release and it can kind of trick our minds over time into a subconscious uh, positive association with debt. So sure, none of us love to be in debt. We don't love being in debt, but we love to spend in the immediate feelings that it brings to us. Now there is also buyer's remorse, which I'm sure you've heard of. Buyer's remorse is when you spend money on something and either immediately, or maybe a little while later, feel guilty for the purchase because you know, you know, (laughs) you didn't really need it. And you know that you ended up buying out of impulse. And people think that this only happens with big purchases like a house or a car, but it can actually be small things. I mean, it can be as small as a candy bar. I want to tell you a story really quickly. So I remember when we were in debt and we were getting super, super focused on paying down debt. I would be checking out at a grocery store or a gas station and I would like grab a Snickers last minute, right? Like You already have all of your (laughs) stuff on the uh, belt, you know, or up on the counter or whatever and all of a sudden I would just like grab a candy bar. <laughs> Snickers were not in the gas budget or really even in the grocery budget. You know, I mean, sure, I could have put that in there if we wanted it, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case. Really what it was, it was like an act of rebellion. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, we had a miscellaneous money where we could buy a Snickers or whatever if we wanted, but I remember the specific time Buying that Snickers and driving home thinking, what the heck? I literally didn't even want the Snickers. I'm not even craving chocolate right now. Why the heck did I just spend $1. fifty on it or whatever? And so as we were getting out of debt, I always kept this quote in the back of my mind. She who buys what she does not need steals from herself. So let me say that again. She who buys what she does not need steals from herself. And so with the stickers, I was like stealing from myself and ultimately my goals and my financial freedom of choice. So basically I just wasted $2 on a stupid candy bar that I did not even want. Anyways, my point with that story is a lot of times we buy things because in a bit of an emotional need, shopping or browsing sales or whatever actually releases the dopamine and dopamine is at the highest before the purchase, because it spikes in its anticipation of the purchase. But once the purchase is made, what happens to our dopamine levels? They plummet, right? Hence the buyer's remorse. That's why that happens. And I actually want to stay here for just a second to drive this point a little further. And I'm going to link to a study below in this lesson um, that I'm getting ready to talk about. But basically there's a study where a monkey had to hit a button 10 times and then they got a reward 100% of the time. Well, after a while, they only gave the monkey a reward 75% of the time when they hit the button 10 times. And then 50% of the time they would get a reward and so on and so forth. And here's the interesting thing. They realized that the less they gave them the reward the higher the dopamine spike was the dopamine actually spiked the highest at a 50% chance of getting the reward because it was the most unpredictable time, which created another stimulation of, you know, variability or whatever you want to call it. When they got to 25% of the time though, of getting a reward, when it was more predictable that they were not going to get it, the dopamine dropped because there was a normal expectation being met. So here's what happened. When they were getting the reward 100% of the time, there was not a ton of dopamine because they just expected it to happen. When they dropped it down to only 75% of the time, the dopamine shot up because they're like, are we going to get it? Are we not? I don't know, but most of the time we get it. So it's not that exciting because we kind of know we're probably going to get it right. And then when they dropped it down to the reward only being 50% of the time, what happened was it peaked, their dopamine levels peaked at this point because it was truly, I don't know if I'm going to get it, it is a 50-50 shot, right? So the dopamine levels um, shot up even higher than that 75% of the time. Now, once they went to that 25% of the time where a majority, the majority of the time they were not going to get the reward, dopamine uh, plummeted because it wasn't that exciting because they, they knew like they probably weren't gonna get it. So I want to take this back to my Snickers story. <laughs> I was on a budget, so that unpredictability factor skyrocketed. Like if I had no budget and I could just grab one whenever I wanted, that's not super exciting. So my dopamine levels are just kind of chill, which is why we can get ourselves into debt so easily because our emotions aren't super involved at that point when we say yes to everything. And if I didn't have any money, literally didn't have money to buy the Snickers, then, well, that's not super exciting because it's obviously going to be a no. But that day in the grocery store, I like needed (laughs) this Snickers for whatever reason, Because, and the pull to that was because it was kind of a 50-50 shot. Like, is she going to get it or is she going to not? So I ended up, you know, my dopamine levels, I'm sure that day were like out of this world because myself had no idea. Like, is she going to get it? Is it within the budget? I don't know. (laughs) And so I ended up caving and having, you know, buyer's remorse later, like I said. And it's such a silly story. But now that I've done this type of work, I understand what happened. So, you know, y'all can make fun of me now, but I bet you will find yourself <laughs> in similar situations feeling this intense need for something like trivial because you can technically get it, but you're on a budget. So, the million dollar question is will you get it? And here is why this is important. When you are saying yes to yourself all of the time and you are in debt, okay, that dopamine is just chill, like I just said. And then as you start to say no to yourself, because you're starting a budget, all of a sudden, every time you shop, your dopamine is going to start to spike because all of a sudden you're like, I'm starting to say no to things. Your body doesn't know what to expect. The excitement and the expectation of what could happen is going to be really, really, really um, tempting. And then as you become an even better budgeter, and you pare down even more, then you're going to hit that 50% of the time when you're saying no to yourself. And that is where you are going to be like, oh my gosh, I just want to go on a freaking shopping spree. (laughs) I want to just go buy something. Okay, Um, And that is typically where people plateau, level off, decide to just whatever, this is too hard. But here's the thing, that if you know this and are armed with this information, you know this is going to happen then you know that if you can just keep going a little bit more to where you know 70 75% of the time you're saying no to yourself because you're choosing other things you want to say yes to that align with your values the dopamine will plummet and so when you are kind of at the place where i am which don't get me wrong listen sometimes i still just want to buy crap and it's fine my point is, is that when you get to that point where you are saying no a lot more and your your body kind of knows, like she's going to say no to this, she knows she don't need this, those dopamine levels are going to be uh, less, which is going to make it easier for you to stay within your budget. Does that make sense? Like we are comfortable when we say yes all the time, we are physically comfortable, um, not like possession wise, but I mean like internally, because that dopamine level is just steady. Um, And then it gets all out of whack when we start to say no to ourselves. But then once you get to the other side, you get comfortable again. So when you're saying yes all the time, this is where the comfort of debt kicks in. When you start to say no all the time and you get past all those crazy spikes of dopamine, this is where the comfort of like financial security kicks in. And we will actually get more into aligning our spending with our values in the next lesson. But for now, I just want you to hold on to the thought of how money is emotional. I feel like when we learn about money, we are only taught calculations. We are taught how to make change and how to calculate an interest rate, right? Like no one stops and asks you about how buying makes you feel Or underlying reasons you felt the need to spend that money on your Snickers or whatever else. So as you journal today, I want you to think through a couple of things. Are you actually comfortable with being in debt? What do you like about it? The flexibility of the spending, having nicer things, being able to say yes to yourself and your family and your friends and your kids all of the time. And then I want you to think about what would make you uncomfortable about making the decision to get out of debt? What would make you uncomfortable about making the decision to get out of debt? And I want you to take your time here because you may think these reasons that you come up with are going to maybe talk you out of making the decision to get out of debt. And while on some level, (laughs) that may be true. It's really important that you understand what it's going to take when you make this decision. And again, it is a decision to get out of debt. No one drifts out of debt. So that after you make the decision and are forced to say no to yourself or your kids or have a tough conversation with your husband about spending, instead of going into like an emotional tailspin You will be prepared when those quote-unquote hard things come up. This can actually make you feel more in control. And the more you make these positive decisions, that can be a sense of accomplishment and pride rather than like FOMO. (laughs) So lay it all out here in your journal. Or if you're someone who just likes to sit and think through things, like what is going to suck during this process, right? Like it sucks to try to get from that, you know, yes all the time to starting to say no and and make your money have limits to get to that comfort of financial security rather than that comfort of debt. And so what is gonna be uncomfortable? Like what has to change about you? You've heard like in order to up level, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, right here is what they mean. (laughs) This is exactly what they're talking about. The more you come to terms, with the parts you aren't going to like, the more powerful you will feel when you face them later on. Because you can call it out by name and then you can move forward. So let me just give you an example of what this could look like. It could look like this. Hey mom, can we please go out to Red Robin for my birthday dinner tonight? Okay, this is the question you get asked by your, I don't know, 16 year old. Maybe it's a big birthday. And you're feeling, what you're going to feel is this, oh, we have a family of six. This is going to be way out of our budget. This has to be a no. I really want to freaking say yes, but I knew I was going to have to say no to something I wanted to say yes to in this process. So here's your response. Hey, bud, actually, like that's not in the budget right now. Sidebar notice I didn't say we can't afford it. Showing that money has limits is good. Always responding that you can't afford something could create kind of a scarcity mindset in you or your children. Can't afford it is the same thing as saying we don't have enough. Saying it's not in the budget says we have enough. We're just choosing to spend our money elsewhere at this time. Okay. Anyways. And then follow up with telling them that by saying, "Hey, let's cook your favorite dinner together instead. Like, I know how much you love blank. I don't freaking know." And then let's have a family game night afterwards or invite some friends over and, you know, you guys can all play your uh, you know, Xbox or whatever the heck it might be. And so, here's the deal. Your kid may be a little bummed, but ultimately cooking dinner with their family, I mean, depending on their age. I don't freaking know. 16-year-old probably doesn't want to do that. But game night or having their friends over or whatever else like is gonna be fun and so you're just gonna have to start to get creative when it comes to this and each time you do it it becomes easier as you realize your family ain't gonna die (laughs) if you tell them no and here's the other thing you aren't gonna die when you tell yourself no either right like you got this all right I will see you in the next lesson where we talk about budgeting and aligning our spending with our values